Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. Morning, Alan. How are you? John, you have a story to tell, so I'll let you tell it. What happened? Um, yeah, Saturday morning, Alan, we went up to, we sat my wife went up to Dublin to do a bit of Christmas shopping. And um, arrived in Dublin, they said about quarter past ten, and, and, and of course, yeah, the first thing to do is head over to Grafton Street, really, ain't it? So we um, we went over that way, and I was standing outside a, a, a clothes shop, giving out that she had been in there for so long. When 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 somebody called me on the street, well, they they called out John, you know, but there, there could have been fifty Johns on the street, Alan. I didn't really I didn't really take any notice of it. But um, this fella started basically walking over towards me with his hand out to shake it, and and. Um, he, he he just said to me, you don't remember me, like, do you? You know, and I said, yeah. oh, Jesus, who's this fella? You know, I, I hadn't got a clue who he was, to be honest. But uh, when he told me who he was, I, I look at it, I don't want to mention any names or anything. Of course, but, yeah. When he, when, when he told me who he was, he, he, he was actually a guy that I used to uh, have dealings with through, through work. When I, 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 I worked in Dublin for a long time as a, as a truck driver, you know, and he would have been a lad that I hadn't seen in maybe six or seven years, but for probably five, six years previous to that, I, w- I would have been in contact with him through work maybe two or three times a week. You were you were thrown and, by his appearance, John, weren't you? Can you describe, uh, you would have remembered uh, him from a bygone era, so describe what he looked like when he came towards you and how it absolutely threw you. Um, just a... a just, a, just, a, just a scruffy looking man, Alan, you know, he was, on, he was unwashed, his hair was all... Um, knotted and uh, you know he had a big beard on him and clothes were hanging off him you know what I mean and he look at him, he he was obviously homeless you know and yeah. um, the, the, the chap I knew was always kind of a well dressed sharp dressed man if you like um, yeah. never a hair out of place he, he he worked as a security guard he was he was the first point of contact in the company that he worked for so hmm. he was always he was always turned out very well you know and yeah. um uh, and now, you know, just, now he's living in a doorway in Dublin. Is that right? Yeah, he's sleeping on a he, he's sleeping on a, a, a folded up potato box in the doorway of Duke Street wow. in Dublin. You know, um, he had a he had a bit of a story to tell. Like he 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 had a house. He was sharing a house with with, with two other people. And just before COVID, they went back to wherever they according to were Dutch. Um, they went back to their own country and and they got. He got jobs over there, so he was in the house on his own, basically. And, and what happened was the company that he worked for downsized them and, and, and moved a lot of the the people to uh, a different part of the country. And uh, he was one of the people who was let go. So he was in a house that was um, that that three people were struggling to pay for, and he found himself in it on his own. Right. So he couldn't he he couldn't keep up the payments, obviously. So the bank the bank I think took the house, and mm. he was telling me that. He was homeless for two years, but he was on the street for seven months. So he was kind of staying on people's couches and stuff like that. And the odd, the odd night he'd get a spare room, you know, right. with friends or whatever. And, and I, yeah. as far as I'm aware, his his parents have died, and he has a sister in Australia. So he doesn't he doesn't really have any family members here. So he's yeah he's on his own basically. Um, it made you think, and and then you made a gesture which. I, I wouldn't mind uh, you sharing if you're if you would like to share with us. Uh, I think it's a wonderful gesture. So what happened? 
Well, look, we had been we, we, we had been talking for I suppose ten or twelve minutes, and and, and he said he, he, he we kind of went our separate ways. And look, I called him back, Alan, and, and sure, look, I, I just showed him a few bob, you know what I mean, and and. Um, yeah, and I was talking to him for another. He, he was reluctant to take it, to be honest. Um, right. But I kind of, I, I kind of made him take it. But look, Gary, you're not going to say this, but I'm going to say this. I, I know that you had a few hundred euros saved up to buy your Christmas presents. You gave him every single euro of it. What a gesture! And that was said to me. I know you won't say it to me, uh, and I can understand why. You gave him all your Christmas money, didn't you? Every pe- every every penny. Well, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, more or less. Yeah, yeah. Um, look at it. Look at it. I, I didn't want to. I, I didn't put the, pace, the, the, the post up on Facebook, Alan, to get a clap on the back for giving a, 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 a homeless chap a few bob. You know what I mean? I, I put, I put the post up to just kind of get the message across that maybe not everybody on the street is a junkie. You know, like there is genuinely people out there who largely turn off all of their own or have just found themselves on the street. You know. Mm. Um, I mean, I looked at the post, and the thing that really jumped out at me was. He told me his story, he cried, I cried, we hugged, said goodbye and went our separate ways. My Christmas clothes can wait, I'm getting paid again on Thursday. Gary now has a room for tonight and he'll get a dinner every day until the new year. And I mean, we only spoke to Father Peter McVerry in this programme the week before last and he, he told me about what people like that are going through. But it's happening here in Wexford as well. There are people sleeping in doorways in Wexford, John. Yeah, well, Alan, all that you have to do there now is walk 50 yards from where you're working and you'll see it, you know. I'm on the way to uh, Kilkenny at the moment. I'll see you there. Um, you know, my job, the job I'm doing at the moment, brings me to most counties in the country every day, and I see it everywhere. I think why it hit me so hard was the fact that I actually knew this fella. You know, I knew him fairly well. Now, look, yeah. we weren't the best of friends, but we did have a lot of contract uh, contact through work. Um, I knew what he was like. I knew, I knew his manner, his attitude. I knew everything about him, and... You know, it's just a nice fella who's down on his look, Alan. And um, yeah, how, he's, how did you part, John? Um, look, he threw his, he when I went back after him that time, he kind of uh, he look at he, he he just threw his arms around me and thanked me, and I said, "Look at you, mind yourself, you know." And he said to me, "Look at," he said, "I go to sleep every night." He said, "And the last thing that I said to myself will is, um, look at tomorrow's going to be better.'" Now he said. At the moment, tomorrow hasn't been better, but he said it will get better. Um, and I just fell apart, Alan. I just, uh, yeah, I couldn't handle it really, you know. Um, I didn't even tell my wife about it till we got home because I, I, I couldn't talk about it. You know, I couldn't. I, I was, I was, I put that post up. I wrote that post in the train station uh, while we were waiting for the train back, and. Tears are just flowing down my face, you know. <laughs> and she, uh, she, she said to me, "What's wrong with you?" And I said, "I to dust off the train, you know." I'm just trying to make up every excuse. I didn't, I didn't want to tell her because I, I, I couldn't bring myself to tell her, Alan. You know, I couldn't talk about it. Um, I wouldn't have been able to talk about it without breaking down. To be honest, um, I, you know, I'm still finding it hard to talk about it. I, I was talking to that chap on Saturday morning, and it's Tuesday morning now, and I haven't stopped thinking about him for three days, you know. Um, I, ju- I just can't get him off my mind. Our thanks to, to John Broders. Uh, what a story. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news and your views.